Podcast. This is State Representative Gloria Johnson, or as some say, Glojo, and I'm here today with, uh, let's see, activist <laughs> Justin Jones, and we're going to call him Brojo. <laughs> and it's kind of an interesting day for him. It's the first time he's been in the Cordell Hall building for a while. So tell us how it feels, Justin. Yeah, well, thanks so much for having me today, Gloria. Um, it's good to be here in the closet with you <laughs> in this office. Um, it's been about two years since I've been in the Capitol. Um, I was banned for a little while, and then just with COVID, I haven't been been back in Cordell Hall. And so it's um, a lot of different feelings. It's, you know, I'm glad to be here with you in, in good company and good trouble. I know that um, probably, you know, everyone to the governor's office knows we're in this, in this <laughs> space right now, <laughs> but that's all right. Um, and I think that um, it's just important to be here and um, to let them know that no matter what they do to try and beat us down, that we are, are not broken and that we um, will continue to say that this is the people's house. And so I'm glad to be back. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad to have you back. It's, you know, we need some good juju in this building. And, uh, <laughs> I had a I had a fellow gentleman come by the other day and he um, he said the last time he was in this room, it was for a horrible meeting. <laughs> and um, he said that uh, he said it, it, the, the vibes felt much better now. So <laughs> we, we, we got we got rid of the bad juju in yeah. this room. It's small, but it's good vibes. Yes. So. <laughs> yeah. This is a, a, a mighty space and, and you can feel the energy and it's needed and and I just am grateful to be here with you, Gloria, and, and let you know that we stand with you. You're standing tall and we're standing with you. Um, I know a lot of stuff has happened this, this session that has not been um, civil or not been kind. And, and so um, I think it's important to have a teacher in this space because we have some students who are not really behaving the best. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm used to those kids with behavior disorders. So it's 27 years with those folks uh, did me well, it served me well. But um, one of the things that we can talk about, a lot of what brought you here um, many times was the bust of Nathan Bedford Forrest. So how are you feeling about what's happening now? Yes, I mean, that has been a long struggle, a very long struggle. I remember the first protest I organized against the Nathan Bedford Forrest bus was in 2015 oh, wow. after the Charleston massacre when mm -hmm. Dylan Roof, you know, waving a Confederate flag and ascribing to that ideology, massacred nine members of um, the church there. And so that was the first protest. And then in 2017, we came back after Charlottesville, um, after the, um, you know, the violence there and that murdered Heather Heyer. And so this, this has been a long fight. And so finally, in 2021, um, you know, last year, we, we stayed outside the Capitol 62 days trying to meet with the governor about police brutality and that monument being removed. And he called the meeting with the Capitol Commission, and they said it'll, it'll take months until the Historical Commission. And so they voted 25 to 1. 25 to one. And I think that speaks for itself. I remember when I came in 2015, there were some members um, who told me that they couldn't support us in removing the bus because it was too controversial and yeah. that it would never happen. And that, you know, <laughs> and, and look at the shift. <laughs> I mean, it really does. Those voices matter and they made a difference. Everyone's voice uh, statewide, but certainly having that constant presence mm -hmm. here, it, you know, it does make a difference. We have a pretty extreme group of legislators up here but at some point they've got to start listening to the people. Mm -hmm. And 
And, and it's, it's important that the voices are up here. Definitely. And I think, you know, one thing that people brought to my attention, they said, you know, with every issue happening in Tennessee, why are you trying to remove the statue? And I would always tell people that if we cannot remove such a blatant symbol of the first Grand Wizard of the KKK, a slave trader, a Confederate general, something so blatantly racist, then we have no hope of removing the more subtle systemic racism through policies like voter suppression, denial of Medicaid expansion, which are also based in racism. Right, so, right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, every day it just, the reminders, the report just came out on um, maternal mortality in Tennessee. And, and of course, with the report um, of how, how bad it is, and also the number of Black women is far larger um, than than anyone else in the population that that have the um, that have more deaths, mm. and and the reality is is right there in the report from the state it tells how we can remedy that, yeah. and we've got the remedy right now and and this year with the American Recovery Act there is so much extra money mm. for healthcare not only is it the Medicaid expansion that's going to provide care for two hundred fifty thousand people but in addition to that there's 100% of the money. So Tennessee pays nothing for the next two years. And there's even more money on top of that, which would actually cover Tennessee's portion for the next 10 years. Wow. <laughs> How could we possibly refuse that money? Yeah. It's, and, and, and that was cover, would cover the huge bulk of why we see these deaths with maternal mortality. Yeah. And, and the report found that more than 70% were preventable wow. with these things. Wow. And I guess that raises a larger question, um, you know, to whoever's listening and to people, even who those who voted for the majority party right now, it's interesting that they are so intent and so passionate in, in protecting monuments. And yet when it comes to the lives of, of Tennessee's <laughs> mothers, when it comes to the lives of Tennessee's families, they are nowhere to be found in protecting those things. When it comes to rural hospital closers, they're not protecting rural hospitals from closing. They're not protecting, you know, all these, these systemic things. And yet they, they throw up this red meat and say, oh, we're protecting this, this racist statue. Mm -hmm. And then they trick people to say, Say, that's enough while taking away your health care, while taking away your living wages, while taking away your, your right to survive and thrive right. in the state. And so yeah, it's 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 really tough, you know, and 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 sometimes you it, it there's not part of we really rush these bills through. There's really not enough discussion. People feel you know, even today I heard it, oh, I want to get home. Mm -hmm. We've got a job to do. Yeah. And if you don't really thoroughly go over these bills, we're not doing the state's business, in my opinion. We passed a bill on the floor the other night that, you know, was just like, oh, this is some, add some fees with, it added taxes and fees with loans, not, um, uh, not the, um, what do you call them? Uh, the loans that are the problem for the poor people. Um, payday loans. Payday loans. Yeah. It wasn't payday loans, but it was kind of like the big brother yeah. of payday loans. Yeah. <laughs> and added all these taxes and, and fees, and it's only going to have an effect on poor people. Wow. It's not going to affect a single person wow. of means. Yeah. And it's going to really devastate poor people in this state. Wow. And, and you know, the entire majority voted for it. Yeah. Yeah. And this is hurting people in their district. Yeah. Their, their own folks. And I think 
what I hope people see too is like, you know, when you say these things, they try to create these caricatures of us, Gloria, where you're like this liberal firebrand <laughs> yeah. and I'm this radical black activist who's trying to burn the Capitol, whatever they say. And the truth is, you know, we're really just, we're Tennesseans who care about our state. Um, <laughs> right. You are a lawmaker here with a job to do. And I know they call me activists, they call me all these titles, but really what I am is I'm a citizen. I believe that this is yeah. what we all should do as citizens is inform them of what our concerns are. And, and, and the Tennessee Capitol should not just be a private country club for these 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 majority party leadership and their friends to just get you know to profit it should be about the general welfare the common good of tennesseans and like that is what i've spent seven years up here fighting for is that yeah. this is i believe in a multiracial democracy i believe in a state where our children you know can thrive and flourish and that they don't have to worry about you know whether it's racial violence whether it's dying from lack of health care or gun violence like they should be able to feel safe and secure and and to grow and that's really what my dream is like i don't you know, as I've been away for these two years, even from Cornell Hall, I think what I see in here when I walked into the building today was trauma. I see it, it does not feel welcoming to the people. It does not feel welcoming to 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 what we you take an oath for, if what these bills are supposed mm -hmm. to be, you know, nothing injurious to the people is what your oath says. Right. And and I don't think people take that seriously. Um, and so I think it's our job, you know in so many different ways to kind of be a spotlight and to be a light to say that there is a better way. There is something better than this. And that it's not even about left or right, but it's about yeah. right and wrong. No, it's, it's definitely not about left or right. And that's some of the frustration um, that, that even health mm. in a pandemic has come down to left and right. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's incredibly frustrating, but I love the way that you phrase that. It's right or wrong, mm. right and wrong. And even, you know, you, you talk about the feeling in this building and even though when, when you came in and I, you know, I, I was down there to greet you, yeah. everyone was very friendly, mm -hmm. but it's, you know, you, I felt, I always feel this way when I walk in a school building, you can tell if a school just has a happy vibe yeah. and, and, and a good vibe. And sometimes you walk in a school that doesn't have that welcome, yeah. welcoming and happy vibe. And yeah. I, I know exactly what you mean. And it and it has to do with the people inside the building and 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 what what they're doing and and what that um, what kinds of things they're doing in the state and the frustration. I think when you talk about what we're you know when we you or I might be called activists at any point in time, yeah. um, but we are just speaking for the people. And and I feel as an elected official, I'm elected by the people. They sent me here to lift their voices. Mm. And I think part of the problem is that at, when we're doing that, when we're lifting those working people's voices, yeah. um, I, I think that it's difficult for them to respond yeah. because I think part of them knows that that what we're saying is right. Yeah. Um, and for whatever reason, they've let politics get in front of that. Yeah. And 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 so. I just feel like they're just constantly trying to use their power to put that down yeah. instead of being open to listening and how do you make that work? Yeah. I think that's, I mean, so true. Um, something that was left out of a lot of the narrative from the summer is that really what we are asking for the summer was to be able to have a conversation. Like, you right. know, we were outside for 62 days 
not storming, not, you know, break, <laughs> trying to break in, but we sat outside saying, we want to talk to our elected officials. Yeah. And, and I've been out, I've been down here, like I said, for seven years. And there was a time where I felt like I could talk, you know, even to people who were of a different ideology than me, the mm-hmm. former speaker, you know, I, I right. had numerous meetings with Beth Hartwell and, and she would call me her friend and, you know, I would still, you know, be in touch. And so, but something has shifted in which they feel like that is a threat now to even have a, an alternative viewpoint, which is why I think we are in this closet of an office that they, they put you yeah. in as an office, which is why they're trying to pass a bill to make it harder, you know, to protest, which is why they're trying to pass bills to make it harder to vote. Any type of dissent is being stifled. They try to remove a judge who had a different opinion from a different branch of government. They filed a bill to remove her because her opinion was different. And, and that does not sound like democracy to me. That oh, is- <laughs> it's a huge threat to democracy to try, to try to take away the independence of our judiciary. Yeah is incredibly frightening. And then to act like anything that happened in in the protest this summer was anything at all compared to what happened January 6th is is shocking and outrageous. They will justify that, but have a problem with people here sleeping overnight, being peaceful, praying, singing, dancing, and, but but justify what happened on January 6th, which to me is horrifying. And, and history will bear witness to like the trauma and the, the terror of that day. And I think really what I've come to realize is, I've, I've, you know, tomorrow will be the 12th. We ended our occupation on August 12th, so I haven't been back since then. Um, but I think what I thought, what I've learned is most threatening to them about our group was that we were a multiracial group of young mm-hmm. people. And there are people in the state who, for them, that's a threat. Us having a conversation, you know, being of different races from different geography in the state, we're not supposed to come together. And as I've traveled the state, you know, over this time, um, you know, I've been to Pulaski, I've been to um, Columbia, I've been to so many places in the state and East Tennessee, I walked um, through Senator Mike Bell's district in Sweetwater, Monroe County. And the more I talk to people, no matter where they are in the state, and the more that we build relationship, I find out that our struggles are the same. Yes. People, you know, and, and they don't want us to recognize that because that's threatening is that, you know, even as we fight for healthcare, that is that well will help a an urban hospital in North Nashville, Metro General, but also help a rural hospital, the 12 rural hospitals that have closed across our state, you know, and, and, and when it comes to even issues of police brutality, there's people in rural jails who, who cannot pay bail, who are white, who are poor white brothers and sisters who are hurting just as bad when it comes to this issue of criminal justice. And so I think that's something that I've grown to see now is that we need a fusion type of politics. Right. And I think that's something that, you know, your, your part of the state has, has a history of. East Tennessee <laughs> is where the first abolitionist newspaper was written. It's where when Tennessee seceded to join the Confederacy in East Tennessee, they said, we're going to stick with the Union. You have Parson, you know, Brownlow, one of our right. folks we love, who was a, a firebrand in his own right, you know. And so I think that is really the movement of what Georgia taught us, that we need to build a fusion movement of a multiracial, multiracial intergenerational, interfaith you know, pro-justice, anti-poverty struggle in our state. <laughs> because it really is rich and poor. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is where we're seeing the divide get greater and greater. And like I said, we're passing these bills that are putting fees and things on poor people and and, and not interrupting the lives of the well-to-do at all. And, and, and so we see with the American Recovery Act, we see the money going directly to these struggling families. We see that this legislation is going to um, eliminate 40 to 50% of child poverty mm-hmm. um, and not a single penny of it is going to the 1%. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we have a, a folks across the aisle are adamantly opposed, but they can't really voice why, which is so interesting. <laughs> but they were all on board for Trump's tax 
cuts yep. for the very wealthiest. Yeah. And so it's just, you know, we have to be better messengers yeah. about what we're bringing and, and about, about the fact, like you say, it's really um, black and white are mm -hmm. struggling with this. These are the folks that are struggling in the pandemic. Yeah. And, and our fight is, is to fight against these huge corporations mm -hmm. and billionaires. And yeah. we need to do that together. Yeah. I mean, that's my mission this year. Yeah, I think I'm gonna spend a lot less time, less time at the Capitol. And I think I wanna to go to these districts and I think we have to build relationship. We have to shift the narrative of our state. Um, you know, I studied theology and one of the scriptures says you put your money where your heart is. And in Tennessee, yes. we keep putting our money where our, you know, where our heart is. And that's not with the least of these. That's not with the struggling. That's not with the everyday Tennessean. And I, I think the more we, we tell that truth, the more people will see that um, they've been tricked even, you know, like. Yeah. They think Tennessee is a red state, but I think really that it's a state that is, is being manipulated and held hostage by this narrative of, of I believe it's white supremacy. Um, and that has a class, you know, sure. argument to it, um, because even Dr. King said, he says, you know, even with their bellies starving and, and, and hungry, they were given Jim Crow and tricked to believe that that is all they need. Right. And I think that's happening today. This this make America great again, this MAGA theology, because I believe it's a religion for some people, is to trick people to say we'll protect a monument, but we won't, you know, we won't give you a living wage. But we'll make right. we'll make you think we're fighting for you by these culture wars of saying we want to attack transgender children who are just trying to live their lives. And then we'll we'll, we'll also, you know, give FedEx millions of dollars of tax breaks. <laughs> 21 million. <laughs> 21 million. I mean, and so I think that. That's what we have to, like you said, we have to be better messengers and we have to, to, to shift the narrative and, and stop allowing them to put us in silos and using this old strategy that has been used since the beginning of time called divide and conquer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And well, you know, I, I love the idea of, of you going across the state and and please know that uh, we could do Glojo and Brojo <laughs> anytime I'm available. Yes. I'd love to go with you. So. <laughs> Definitely. Because I, I mean, that's how I feel just about being a Democratic representative when, quite frankly, there are so few of us statewide. Yeah. And I think we need to go and talk to those states yeah. and and, you know, talk some some reality about the types of policy that we are bringing yeah. and the differences in what you see coming from from the two parties and help people understand that we are here to work for those hardworking Tennessee families yeah. that are being left behind. Yeah. I'm so glad so. to be here with you, Gloria. And I just think that this is, you know, this this is how it starts. Us coming together yeah. and showing that um, no matter the narratives they've tried to put to divide us, that we have more in common than than we've been, you know, told to believe. And I think our job right now, as we go to 2022, because I hope things shift in this building, um, is to take off the veil and to shine yeah. a light and to let people know that um, we have to speak truth. And what is truth? But allowing suffering to speak. And I think that that suffering needs to be heard in places of power, just like this capital. No, absolutely. <laughs> we we do need to hear, you know, we need to hear the voice of everyone, including and especially those who are suffering, because that currently I don't think we're serving them enough. Yeah. And um, but I am sort of excited about what's happening nationally. It's, yeah. you know, it's not perfect. It never is. But we're we're it's a good start. And and I think it's going to be positive. And I hope that we can build on that and help people see that um, we're we're here for them. Definitely. And we want to to do to do better for everybody in the state of Tennessee. Yeah. I had one question for you, Gloria. Yeah. And I think this has been um, something I've been asking friends and just seeing 
what is sustaining you in this season, in this time? <laughs> and, and, you know, it's always the same answer. I was on a Zoom yesterday with yeah. the folks from Moms Demand Action. They mm-hmm. were talking about um, about the bills, uh, the constitutional carry bill. And it's always, it's all the folks at home that are fighting, that mm-hmm. care so deeply. And they're always behind me. I mean, they're, it's, it's that. It's, yeah. That's what keeps me going. Yeah. You know, it's, it's weird sometimes because I'm single mm-hmm. and everybody else, I think they go home, they have somebody at the end of the day to spend time talking to. And I, I don't always because as a single person. Yeah. And so I talk a lot on Facebook and, and social media, yeah. but it's just everybody and their support and their willingness. It's always, what can I do? How can I help? I mean, it's really unbelievable. And what I'm seeing is more and more people um, tuning in to committee meetings, mm. going to the Tennessee campaign finance website, yeah. um, learning more and holding their representatives and their senator's seats to the fire. The more we see of that, the more the change is going to happen. Mm. Because um, it was interesting, one of the members on the floor today that was saying something about people are watching committees, that was somebody across the aisle. Oh. <laughs> people are watching committees because I'm hearing, oh, they were so rude. They were so rude to the police officers. Yeah. That was such a racist comment. Yeah. You know, people at home need to see that. Yeah. And they need to know that they can go to the Tennessee General Assembly website. Mm-hmm. They can watch the committee live or they can see the recording of it if they heard something that went on. Yeah. You know, call up your if you're you see your rep or your senator on there acting a fool, call <laughs> them up and let them know. You know, you don't treat people that way. We've got these folks that constantly talk about back in the blue, but yeah. in these hearings on the gun legislation, yeah. <laughs> they're trashing the blue. Yeah. Um, and and so folks need to see that and folks need to hold them accountable. So Definitely. for me, it's everybody in my district and everybody statewide that is so supportive. And just gives me the the energy to to move forward and keep going. Definitely, wow! <laughs> so the people power, I think. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I like what you said. I think that's such an important reminder. Is that I think by you being so transparent on Facebook and, and talking about you know making things accessible to people, it's a reminder that um, every representative should be doing that because in fact. A representative is really a temporary public employee who, who we <laughs> right. you know rehire every two years or four years, depending on the position. And I think so many people have lost sight that they think, you know, these representatives they create this idea of themselves as being almost above the people and not among the people or of yes. the people. Um, they and they act like they're kings instead of, you know, instead <laughs> yes. of instead of public servants. I think I like that language. And so I think that's the biggest thing I think I've loved to hold on to is that. These representatives are our community members. They're not above us or below us. They are with, you know, we should be able to talk. We should be able to come in and, and have these conversations and say, hey, you know, Representative so-and-so, I saw you kind of you saying something that was very problematic. This is my, this is how it affects me. And this is what it means to me. And, and that should be a norm. <laughs> this is kind of interesting. I always, when I go into my committees, I always go on the bottom row in the front and center. Mm-hmm. And the reason I do that, everybody else kind of fights for that upper back row. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like I want to be close to the people, you yeah. know, the regular people. And I always make a conscience, conscious decision to sit in that front seat so I can hear, listen, and, and be right there. Yeah. And I feel like everybody who's on that top row <laughs> is, you know, sort of Separate. looking down <laughs> and and um, when I walk in that room, I always go straight for that seat yeah. because to me, I mean, I'm the same as everybody else out there. 
I'm honored to be elected, but I'm just, I'm, I'm a person just like them. I'm not any better than them. Um, and, and I need to listen to what everyone has to say. And we know you're listening, Lori, and you're, you're fighting with us. And I think, um, it, it, I'm gonna say this, Gloria didn't tell me to say this, but please send our sister Gloria love. She's fighting the hard fight down here and she's really putting in a lot of work. And, and I know as someone, I'm, you know, one of my New Year's resolutions is to be vulnerable. And, and one thing I would share is that this work, even of activism is is wearing and it, and it makes you tired. It makes you feel alone. Um, I have cried, <laughs> you know, as I've processed what happened this summer. And I think that we have to be okay with that. Um, as a black male, I don't, you know, I was taught not to talk about my emotions, but I think we have to talk about that. And because I think that's also about being, you know, human and ensuring that this is, that we are regular people and that whether it's as a representative or as an activist, I hope people see that um, we only win this together and that um, there are no heroes that we, you know, we do this as a team, we do this as a community. And that I believe that, um, like, as, as we saw this week, movements um, can take down monuments and I think movements can do a lot more um, to transform the heart of our state. Absolutely well thank you so much I appreciate you being here it's it's just been great to have you in the building that's really all I can say. (laughs) There is good juju in this building Um, but thanks everybody for tuning in this is State Representative Gloria Johnson here with Flojo and Brojo, <laughs> Justin Jones, and um, we're just happy that um, that to talk about the Nathan Bedford Forest statue hopefully coming down. Woo! It's been a long time coming. Yes. Um, and uh, Standing Tall podcast, one of the Tennessee Holler podcasts. You can find the Tennessee Holler at tnholler.com or on social media at the TN Holler. So tune in, folks, and we'll. Talk to you next time.